Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voisin, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. And joining me today from Santa Clarita, California, is Derek Rydell. And Derek has written a new It's Beyond Words book, Emergence, Seven Steps for Radical Life Change. Good day to you, Derek. How are you? I am great. It's a real honor and pleasure to be here. Well, we appreciate having you on Inside Personal Growth, and I'm sure that my listeners today are going to be enlightened even more about your approach. And I want to give them a little bit of background, uh, not only about you, then we'll get into the book here. Um, After a life-changing brush with death, Derek Rydell tried to become a monk, then a minister, before becoming a licensed integrative therapist. Today, Derek is a prominent life coach and consultant for Emmy and Academy Award-winning actors and actresses, Fortune 500 executives, evolutionary leaders in business, spirituality, and the healing arts. He's an active speaker, bringing his unique brand of inspiration to tens of thousands of people around the country, and he's the author of two Amazon best-selling books and writes for seven several publications, including Huffington Post and Spirituality and Health. Well, Derek, it, your, your topic is really fascinating. It's obviously um, focused on spirituality, and you have seven steps for radical change in one's life, and you use this analogy of kind of the acorn and the oak tree. But what I, before we get into all that, what I'd like to do is you mentioned that this law of emergence itself has been debated since the time of Aristotle. Um, why do you believe now more than ever that during an age of enlightenment or in our current era, this topic of emergence, becoming enlightened, becoming more conscious, uh, consciously aware, becoming more spiritual, is not only so important, but that so many people are interested in it. It's such a great question. Wow, it's a great question. Nobody's actually ever asked me that. Um, and you know, the I think the key is is that w- one of the shifts with the mer- the concept of emergence and understanding that that this is an emergent universe and that we are emerging. That emergence is really the way we were designed to grow. You know, as I use the analogy, and you mentioned, if you look in nature, you know, the acorn. And every seed doesn't show up here as an empty shell and then try to go out and fill itself with a bunch of stuff. And the acorn doesn't have to attract an oak tree. It doesn't have to achieve an oak tree. It doesn't, you know, go and gather a bunch of oak parts and try to put together an oak tree and figure it out. And the acorn itself isn't a broken or inadequate oak tree. It's a perfect acorn. It just has a lot more potential in it. And when the acorn surrenders to the soil and the conditions in the soil match the pattern in the seed, then that potential which is inherent to it naturally emerges. It emerges. It's not attracted. It's not achieved. It naturally emerges because it's already there. And so that's, that's how all of nature has, has grown and evolved. And However, it's exactly the opposite of how we've been conditioned to grow. In fact, even in, our, even in our education system, most education is about filling us full of 
information, but the root of education comes from a Latin word, educare, which means to educe, to draw out what is already in us. And so one of the biggest points of suffering that I see in all the people that I work with around the world and just in general is this belief that there's something or someone outside of us, that if we could just get that, we would some eventually be enough or have enough. And that's sort of the root of most of our suffering and also most of our violence to ourselves, to each other, because we think we're missing something, that we're broken, that we're inadequate, that we're not enough, and someone or something outside of us will finally make us enough, will finally fill up this empty shell that we think we brought here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in fact, the exact opposite is true, that we brought everything that we need with us. And I think why it's so pertinent now and why there's, a, there's an, an increase and an escalation of interest in this is we're watching systematically many of our external sources of support and security and power starting to fall and crumble and, you know, be discredited from governments to economies to, um, you know, it's that to media, whatever. We're starting to, all those things we used, you know, to corporate America or wherever you are in the world, the belief that our job, that our economy, that our government, whoever could take care of us or support us or be our source, all of that's being pulled out from under us systematically. And so there's creating kind of this existential crisis, like, well, if my job's not my source of, of, of security and abundance and my family's not and my partner's not and, you know, the, the economy's not, then what is? Mm-hmm. And so people are being drawn, you know, I think it's actually a spiritual evolution. They're being drawn to ask different questions and to look in different places, namely within themselves. And so emergence teaches that the answers, the solutions, the support, the security, the supply, everything you need to be all that you were created to be, you brought it all with you. You're a fully franchised, fully funded, you know, expression of the universe, and the world can't add anything to that, and the world can't take anything away from it. And, um, and when you get that, you realize that whatever's missing then in your life is what you're not giving, what you're not expressing, what you're not sharing and circulating, and that's where the magic starts to happen. Well, and I I truly love that approach to how you're saying to live your life. I think that's really important. I always have said that, you know, people, I find people are so busy chasing a reward that they think is greater than the present moment. So it's so hard for them to stay in this present moment. That kind of leads me to this next question. You mentioned that the whole model of personal development is wrong. We don't need to attract more in our lives because we're really not, you know, we're not lacking anything. As you said, the acorn and the oak tree is perfect just the way it is. Um, But yet we have a huge industry we have a huge world out there uh thousands and thousands plethora of books and and tapes and audio things and anything people can listen to about explaining how to get better because they're right. taking the premise that something's wrong now right yes. so explain right. if you would that if somebody comes from the spot that I'm perfect just the way I am but yet they say to you hey Derek I still want to be better. 
What's wrong with that? Yeah, the, there's nothing wrong with that um, when you understand it in the context of emergence. There is a problem with that when you believe it in the context of the old paradigm, which is that, that there's something missing, lacking, broken, or wrong with you. And, you know, I went through years struggling to improve my life, fix my life, heal my life, get over my bad childhood, get over all the heartbreaks and losses. And the only thing I improved after a decade or more of therapy and all that was my ability to describe why my life was so messed up. You know, I could, I could explain it very articulately why things didn't work, mm-hmm. but I was still, I, in fact, I became increasingly neurotic and frustrated the more I tried to improve myself. In fact, it drove me to become addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to almost die of an overdose. And, and, and not, not until my second near-death experience where I, I um, had a very profound experience and got caught in a coral reef and was going to drown and knew I was going to drown and had a profound moment of surrender and something cracked open in me. And it was, I had an opening and I could see that this whole sense of self that I've been trying to improve was a fiction. It was a, it was a, 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 a collection of conditioned responses, peer pressure, parental fantasies, societal beliefs. And I was trying to fix basically a fictional character. And I could see right behind that the real self. And it had never been damaged by any experience, so it didn't need to be healed. And it was already whole and complete. And so it couldn't be improved upon. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the whole idea of self-improvement is an oxymoron because there's the self, when you understand it rightly, is already this just a masterpiece. As Rumi said, if you could see who you really are, you would bow before yourself and worship yourself. And or, you know, as Michelangelo believed, the masterpiece was already created by the divine hidden in this block of stone. And his job was just to chip it away. It. Chip it away, chip away everything that wasn't the masterpiece that was already there. Right. And so I saw that in an instant, and, um, and then my life was spared, and I won't go into the whole detail, but, but, it, but it shifted, radically shifted my entire paradigm, and I was going to become a monk and then a minister, and instead I ended up going on this deep inner journey for several years to really get reacquainted with the self that it turned out didn't need any improvement. And... And I I think that that is the essence of who you are. I mean, you bring that to people, you know, I've been to your website, I've seen some of the videos. But I think for a lot of people listening, there is a separation of self. And one of the things that does that, you know, is the big T, little T, big truth, little truth, is the ego's job of self-preservation. And you mentioned it in the book. And people do get caught in that. And you say often at the cost... And real change is a threat to what you say, the system software. So if they are going to try and reprogram their software, right? What are the, I know you have seven steps here and we'll get to them. What is it that you're advocating that they become, be with, not really do, really it's what they become, um, to embrace this change in their software yeah well the first thing i want to say is doing is not a problem um you know and like you said being better isn't a problem and i I guess better is the wrong word but allowing for more of your potential to emerge Mm -hmm. see the, the key is to understand the word desire so let's say you want to be better so you desire more of something 
Mm-hmm. Well, the root of desire comes from another definition that means of the sire or of the father or of the creative principle, and also from the heavens. In other words, the desire is an indication, not of something outside of you that you need to go get, but something more inside of you that's trying to get out. So that burning desire is literally a signal that you're pregnant with the next stage of your own emergence, that 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 acorn, it's feeling the impulse of the oak within it. And now, of course, it has to let go of the protective shell of its acorn identity for the next stage of its oakness to emerge. But it emerges. It doesn't improve itself into an oak. It allows more of its potential to emerge. And again, like I said, the acorn isn't an inadequate oak tree. It's a perfect acorn, but that doesn't mean there's not more to it. So even though we're perfect right where we are, and that's the first stage of creating the conditions that allow for your life to unfold, you know, into its greater potential, is you must start with a mindset that I am enough now. And I think that that's the best place to start. Now, here is here is what you basically stated in the book. You said that we're struggling against the natural law, the natural order of the universe, and that the acorn tells us how to harness the power of the universe. So let me reverse the question. If we're struggling, you're basically telling people to let go. If they're having a hard time letting go of that struggle because they think that's the path they have to take, You've had two near-death experiences, which make you very aware of this essence. A lot of people listening haven't had that near-death experience. Maybe if I, I, I'm not wishing that upon them so that they can have this epiphany. But what epiphany do they need to have, Derek, to well, let go is, of the struggle? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, in the book, there's a couple ways that I talk about this. The first thing is you don't want to struggle against the struggle, you know, because if you struggle against the struggle, you just get tied more into it. It's like falling into quicksand. If you struggle to get out, you'll get pulled deeper into it. So, so the first thing is not resisting and fighting and struggling against the struggle. And that can be very challenging, but most people, they think of surrender as acquiescing to the, to the conditions, and that's not at all what surrender is. Surrender, again, to use the acorn analogy, it's yielding as its shell is cracking and falling apart and its whole identity, you know, if we were to use an analogy and anthropomorphize the acorn, you know, it's like, oh, my God, my life's falling apart. Everything that was protecting me, I'm losing it. I'm cracking up. Um, and what it does is it, it surrenders to what the larger life is that's trying to emerge through it. It doesn't go, oh, my God, I'm cracking up. I'm losing everything. Oh, well, I surrender. It's yielding to the larger life. So that's why the first stage in emergence is to see the completed vision, to begin to capture the vision, to begin to get in touch with what is emerging in my life. What is the next stage of my life that's trying to unfold? Because often when we're in crisis, especially chronic challenges, it is an indication that we, have, we are living in a world that is too small for what we've actually activated within us. There's a larger life. There's more abundance, more love, more whatever that's actually trying to unfold. We've, we've activated it through our desire, our intention, through our prayer, through whatever. And the problem is, is that 
that larger life that is now trying to emerge, that oak tree of our being, but it's bumping up against our protective shell, up against our limited self-concepts of who we are and what's possible in the world. And so, so when, we, when we, we find ourselves in that situation, the good news is that the reason why there's struggle and there's challenge is because there's a bigger life that is actually already available to you. And then we have to start asking better questions. We have to start asking emergence questions like, well, what is the bigger life trying to emerge by means of this challenge? Or who, what quality of my character or my being would I have to begin to embrace more of to be okay and to be free in the midst of this challenge? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's trust. Maybe it's trust. Maybe it's spontaneity. Maybe it's more playfulness. Maybe it's whatever. Um, and as we begin to work with that quality, which I talk about how to do in the book, then we start to lift our vibration, our frequency, expand our awareness, whatever analogy works for you, and we rise outside of the circle of the problem. You know, as Einstein said, you cannot solve a problem at the level of thinking that created it. In, in quantum physics, we would say you cannot have a phase shift, you cannot move to the next level as long as you are at the frequency of the problem or of the limitation you're trying to get out of. Right. So you have, you have to find a way to get outside of the circle of the thinking of the problem. And that's why I say you've got to move from being a problem solver to a vision holder. You have to begin to get captured by a vision for your life. You have to become more interested in where you want to be and where you want to go than you are with struggling with where you are. So you you say that you state that the true in this this step one of what I love your term emergineering, you say that the true vision can neither be created nor changed because it's part of the ultimate reality we've been exploring. What what in essence do you mean by that? Well, the, yeah, that, that, you know, we've learned from all these different workshops and books that, a vi- you know, we're, we have to, a vision is something we make up, you know, we kind of right. come up with the best vision. But a vision isn't something you make up, it's what you are made of. Again, to use the acorn, is the acorn kind of creating the idea of an oak, or is the oak its true nature, its true destiny, its true potential? And so there's a, path, there's a seed pattern of infinite potential planted in the soul of every individual. So how do you how do you uh, tell your audiences and your followers how because you know look there's plenty of books out there that talk about visioning and purpose and setting your goals and all the things that would be in the personal growth thing what would you do differently to get somebody in the position to really truly create that great vision that you're talking about so there's a few things. I mean, um, and I, of course, you know. You have it in the book, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, and there's a couple of things I don't even have in the book. And one is a thing I call, I don't think it's in the book. It might be. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. Um, but I, I do a thing called the soul profile. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, like right now, people can begin to see, because the way our life is designed, as we're growing up, we, we separate ourselves into two piles. One is I am and one is I am not. Mm-hmm. And the I am not becomes what's called our shadow. And, but it still is, is who we are, but it gets projected outside of us. And, and we decide we're not a lot of good stuff, not just bad stuff. And, um, and you know, I'm using that term with quotes around it because there is no bad stuff. But the, uh, 
so that gets projected. So one of the things I work with people is to build up what I call spiritual literacy, is to begin to look at the world and see the people, the situations, and the things that really pull you, that really attract you, that really you aspire towards or you're really inspired by. And when you look at those people that really move you in some way, that really pull you in some way, whether it's from the past or the present, from any area of life, that is, not, that is telling you not so much about them, but about you. So, for example, let's say you, you look out the world and you're so pulled to, you know, Mother Teresa, to Gandhi, to Martin Luther King, to Oprah, to, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, whoever it might be. And if you ask yourself, what is it about them that I really admire, that I really appreciate, respect, that really pulls me, that I'm really attracted to, and you begin to write down the qualities of their character, the, the message you think their life and work conveys, um, the, the story about, you know, whatever it is about their story that really moves you. You know, it's like Oprah came from nothing and had the belief in herself to really go for it. You know, Gandhi was, or Mother Teresa, such a heart of service and compassion. And Martin Luther King Jr. was willing to speak truth to power and stand in his truth no matter what the world said, even when everybody seemed against him. And you go and you write all that down. What you've just described is yourself. So you're saying there's a resonance with you, with some figure out there, let's say, who you're having this huge draw to, this huge energy draw and transference to, to say, great, this is the kind of person I want to emulate. This is how I, not that you want to be exactly like them, but you like the qualities, you like the values they hold, you like the things that they've done, and that is propelling you in a direction of positive transformation of some type, correct? Well, it may not be propelling you at all. For most people, it's not propelling them because they don't understand what they're seeing. I see. Most people go, most people just, and and for a lot of people even, they're not even conscious of how much they're touched or moved by people because they're so caught up in their problems and their challenges. So you have to take the moment and the time to really let it drop in and think about, and it could just be, you know, your aunt, Martha or your Uncle Joe or your neighbor. It doesn't have to be Gandhi and, you know, Jesus and Buddha and Mother Teresa and, or Richard Branson or whoever might be mm-hmm. here. But, but it can be, and those are sometimes easier to look at. But the key is, as you take the time to identify those people and write those things down, you're, you're, like I said, you're not necessarily being propelled because most people don't understand that that's a, that's a projection of their unintegrated power and potential. Mm-hmm. Because somewhere along the line, they disconnected from it. They had an experience early on that told them, you're not smart. Right. You're, not, you're not powerful. Right. You're not creative. You're a weirdo, and who do you think you are to be thinking such big ideas? And so they began to repress those parts of themselves. And, and, and in fact, the whole star system is built on projection. And so, so, so they, they repress those parts, they project them out onto the screen of their experience, and then they get enamored, attracted, or interested in, you know, all the people and all the things they're doing out there. So we have to now reclaim that fragment of our own psyche, of our own soul, and, and own our power. And this is not theory, this is not conjecture. I've used it in my life to take quantum leaps in in activating capacities, and I've helped my clients do the same, because 
and especially the places where you have the strongest pull. Yeah. That's really, really in you. So that's part one. The second thing is, like I said, your desire. Most people don't really let themselves honestly begin to articulate what they really, really, really want. They let themselves des- describe their vision in terms of what they think they can have, what they think is possible, what they think they should have or shouldn't have, what they think will be acceptable or successful or make them money or that their peers and family and all that will approve of. And most people don't even realize that there's those layers blocking them. But if you give yourself permission to sink down into what I call the 100% dream, meaning there, you couldn't imagine a better life and, and you really let yourself own what you really, really want, who you really want to be in the world, what you really want to have and create and contribute, and who you really want to do it with and do it for and how you want to do it. If you really give yourself permission to sink into that until you've described a life that is so that you that just takes your breath away now you're starting to get in touch with that seed of potential within you and again i want to say this is not you making something up although it might seem like it because it's so amazing beyond what you've imagined before but but there's clues to to tapping into and to understanding that this is actually what you're made of and and these are a couple of the ways to do it Let's and that's talk step one. Yeah, and now let's talk about cultivating congruent conditions because you, you mentioned in the book that the ecology of consciousness that creates these conditions of the outer world, that's kind of your terminology you're using. Um, what, what is it that you are meaning by the ecology of consciousness and, and that the fact that it's creating, all right, the conditions of the outer world. Yeah, well, basically, in a, in a nutshell, or an acorn shell, um, the whole, your entire experience, and this is probably not new to some of your listeners, but it might be, your entire experience is nothing more or less than the reflection of where you are in consciousness, that consciousness precedes all form, that nothing can happen. Not, life doesn't really happen to us. It happens through us. That's why I say whatever's missing is what you're not giving, and whatever you're waiting for, you're actually waiting with and weighing it down. Because from the emergence model, which we even know now in quantum physics through the observer effect, that, that nothing happens until it, it has your attention. And so, so there's all this potential, there's this pattern within you, and it gets activated and expresses or remains latent depending on your focus, your attention, and, and your overall state of consciousness. So, so the whole outer world is a projection of your inner world. So about the, the evolution of our own personal consciousness is really what you're saying. And that is a, a key, that's where you're talking about cultivating congruent conditions. Um, as right. you evolve both emotionally, physically, spiritually, on every plane of existence here, you actually can evolve to have these meet one another. Now, you, you say that you create this quantum plan. You state the quantum planning is that it's not about achieving anything any more than the acorn must achieve as an oak. It's about creating a life structure that mirrors our soul's blueprint. Um, tell us about this blueprint. Well, before- 
before we do that, Greg, I think it's really important because we kind of skipped over one of the most important pieces, which is what does it really mean to cultivate the conditions? Because you've got the seed, you know, a farmer, a gardener plants a seed, right. and they cultivate conditions based on what is that kind of seed. So it's this much water, this much sunlight, whatever. And so that's why we have to start with vision. We have to know what is the seed within us that's trying to grow. Uh-huh. Because if you don't know what the seed is, you really don't know what conditions to cultivate. There are certain basic ones, but you really don't know what you're trying to come into alignment with. And that's another way of thinking about it, is that this, this life of abundance and joy and love and freedom and all that is already in you. It's already is you. And from a quantum physics standpoint, it's literally already vibrating right where you are. Um, but you have to be aligned with it. And I, and I use the analogy of radio. Right where you are, you're surrounded by broadcasts. And somewhere in the broadcasts, your favorite music is playing and information that would inspire you and totally, and hopefully this is one of them, um, and music that would make your body want to dance and sing and feel so good. But you're, it's not manifest right now in your experience until you tune the dial of your radio to the frequency where that music is playing. Now, the minute you tune the dial so that the frequency of your radio matches the frequency of the broadcast where your favorite music is playing, that music becomes manifest. Now, it was already playing. It just wasn't manifest for you. And it wasn't happening in the future. It wasn't happening in the distance. You didn't make it happen. You made it welcome by coming into alignment with that broadcast, with that frequency that was already here. And so the, the truth is also with you guys is that that's why I say your desire, all that stuff is telling you what is the broadcast of your soul and your heart that's trying to play. What is that beat of abundance, that symphony of success? But, but for many of us, our thoughts, feelings, conversations, and actions are out of alignment, out of integrity with that true nature, that broadcast of our heart. So, so emergeneering is the engineering of your emergence, and it's about very specifically looking at our life and beginning to bring those pieces into alignment, into integrity with that broadcast of our heart so that we start to think, feel, speak and and act and literally create an inner and outer environment that is a match for this seed of potential within us. That's what it means to cultivate the conditions of our life to become congruent with that seed of potential. And and really if you just master these first two stages your life is going to radically transform. So that's why I didn't want to skip over this because so many of us have developed and cultivated our life by default. You know, we have conversations, we have thought processes, we have emotional patterns, we have relationships, and our actions are all often designed from a place of reaction, fear, self-preservation, and not necessarily in a way that is in integrity with what we really want. You know, for example, we, we're praying to have more abundance in our life, but our conversations are always talking about not having enough. Mm-hmm. Well, that just, that just tunes you out of station K-R-I-C-H, K-Rich, where your abundance lives, and tunes you into station K-Lac, K-L-A-C-K. So, <laughs> Good analogy. And, and we don't know, right? And we don't know that's happening because we don't understand that, that we have to design a life strategically that is congruent. We just, we're just reacting. We're just living by default. And so... So, and that's just one little example, but we're doing that in all of those core areas. So, emergeneering is about 
this is the life I want to create, and I want it because it's in me already. It's broadcasting from my heart already. That's why I want it. I wouldn't have wanted it otherwise. Now let me start to, to design, to engineer my conversations, my relationships, to surround myself with the people, places, things, inside and out, that represent where I want to go, not where I've been or what I don't want. And, and that, that alone will begin to radically transform your life. Then stage three, creating the quantum plan, allows you to now create a structure around that so that your life is not lived on accident but is lived on purpose. And I use an analogy in nature or in gardening where, you know, there's certain plants and trees that as they're growing, you have to put lattice work around them or you have to create a stake and tie rope around them so that they grow straight and true because early on their stalks are, are not strong enough to hold themselves up. And, and if they were left to their own devices, they'd just fall over and they wouldn't thrive. And so for us, too, as we're developing new, these new patterns and, and a, a, a way of life that is designed to match what is true about us, not what we've been told or what we've merely experienced, that's not going to be natural to us at first. That's going to be, you know, um, we're not going to have the strength to hold ourselves up very easily. So we have to create a structure that supports our growth so that we can grow straight and true. And that includes, you know, not, not merely looking at our schedule and trying to fit these things in wherever they'll fit, or merely hoping when we get up tomorrow that we're, we're motivated to write that book or go to the gym or have that conversation we need to have. No, it's not going to happen, you know. Or, well, you know, in, or, in essence, I think that the essence of your approach is really – the best way to do this. I don't believe that many people are approaching it this way, which is why um, you are going to have such great success with this. The The reality is, one, you're telling people they're okay the way they are. Just the true term emergence means to allow it to come out from within. In other words, allow this to emerge. You're okay. Um, and most people are approaching this from I already lack. That's why those conversations start there that you said, you know, on KLAC. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this is a great approach. Derek, where would you tell our listeners who've been listening to you about the various steps here to learn about the rest of the seven steps and to actually learn more about you, your workshops, um, some of the things that you're holding? You said you travel quite a bit. Um, do you just do they just go to DerekRydell.com? Would that be the best place? They can absolutely go to DerekRydell.com and and then go up to the free tools, and in there they can download a few very specific tools that are designed to do the things we're talking about, to get to start activating this inner awareness, to start making them more aligned with their true vision and purpose, to start healing and or or, or getting them out of the struggle. So there's several free tools there. Um, okay. Uh, a free e-course, a free some some guided processes, different things like that, to get them started right away. They can also go to um, lawofemergence.com and uh, or lawofemergence.com forward slash free report, and that will give them um, an additional. I think I think they actually will get a free ebook at that at that one as well. So we okay. like to give away a lot of you know really 
valuable stuff so they can get started today. We'll actually put those links in on the blog um, for all my listeners. And you, all you'll have to do is click on those to get to Derek's website and also to all the free tools that he's basically providing to everyone. Well, Derek, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and speaking with um, our listeners. I know they also will we'll put a link up to this book. This book obviously is available at Amazon.com and all your best booksellers. Um, but we'll certainly have links for it for you to just be able to get a copy. I'd highly recommend it if you're out there and you are in struggle, this is what I want to say, with, uh, you know, this is the beginning of a new year, everybody's still looking at their resolutions and their goals and all the rest of the stuff, and they're going, wow, you know, I'm having a challenging time. This might be a great opportunity for you to pick up Derek's book and take a different approach. Um, This could be a completely unique spiritual experience for you uh, to come at what it is that you're trying to pull out of yourself and express yourself by looking at how Derek is providing you with these seven steps for radical life change. Derek, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and speaking with my listeners. Um, Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, man. It's truly been my honor and pleasure as well. Take care, everyone.